So if you grabbed a bulletin this morning as you walked in, um, you saw letters on the front that said bold. That comes from actually uh, a lesson that we had this week and uh, a little bit of a funny moment for us who were in the room uh, in our kindergarten, uh, which held, was held in the youth ministry room, which is a large room, and that room was full of kindergartners. And so uh, Jessica Carpenter, uh, she was leading that whole room in our opening and closing assembly. And so she said, today we're talking about being bold. She said, and she looked around the room and realized uh, the age that was, you know, it became apparent to her who she was speaking. And she said, who knows? what bold is, and someone shouted out really loud and said, it means somebody with no hair. <laughs> and her face got distorted and she went, huh? I didn't know my, no, bold, not bald, bold. She was like, ooh, I've got to work on enunciating. <laughs> and so for the rest of the week then, we were saying, be bold, not bald. <laughs> no offense to anyone who doesn't have hair on their head. Um, you can't help it, and so be bold and bald. So uh, today's message is, is it about a bold uh, time in the life of the apostles. We're going to be looking at uh, Acts chapter 3, and uh, it is about a bold time uh, in the life of Peter and John. Before we jump into that, um, I would like for you to understand, those of you uh, who've read it and have known about it and have been in church for a long time, understand that the book of Acts was originally called the Acts of the Apostles because of all the amazing signs that was happening uh, in the early church. The book itself was written by a doctor who was a great story writer. Uh, his name was Luke. He also wrote the same book of the Gospel of Luke. Uh, and so, the, but the Bible is dated right there after uh, Jesus uh, has uh, come to them at Pentecost. And we know that in the book of Acts, is at, uh, Acts chapter 2. A lot of times people don't read past that chapter. I would encourage you, I often get, uh, you know, question, and I also throw out the question is, you know, what's on your summer reading list? I would suggest the book of Acts. Uh, in the Bible, if you haven't read it recently, to just review it again. Uh, several chapters in that book, it takes a little time, but it's an exciting time to realize the growth of the church and the issues that were developed uh, uh, that for those early uh, church, that early Christian dynamic, the, the issues that were developed, but didn't destroy it. It's a history book, it's a recording, it's a biography, it's what Luke was actually witnessing and hearing about and seeing with his own eyes. It's about how uh, the, the colliding of relationships with new Christians and the Gentiles and the Jews and the challenges of the movement of God that started spreading across not just that region but past that region. And so if you are wondering what else you're going to read this summer, be encouraged. We will look at this chapter, at least the first ten verses right now. Chapter 3. I'll read and then we will talk about it. This is the lesson that came uh, on Wednesday of this past week. You saw a little bit uh, of that on the screen, and I will share more about that in just a moment. Starting with verse 1, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts, 
When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him from the right hand, by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate, called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. We'll push pause right there and just talk about that for a moment. The gate called Beautiful, it was because it was beautifully ornate. It was, it was, it was ornate. It was different than the other doorways into uh, Jerusalem. Uh, it's not uh, told from historians exactly which uh, gate that is. It's not a gate like you and I think of. It's these huge, heavy doors that will open that you could walk through or animals might could be carried through. So it wasn't like a gate in our backyard. It was much bigger than that. It was a, a, you know, a pathway uh, for movement to come in and out of the city. This particular gate uh, was known as beautiful because of the way it was designed. Just the architecture and then uh, you know, the design around all of that that sort of stood out above the others. So imagine for the moment, you know, uh, you recognize an individual, uh, if it were here in our own life, maybe it was at the grocery store. Every time you go to the grocery store, you see a same individual sitting there and they can't walk. It says uh, from scriptures that the person was probably around 40 years of age and never been able to walk. So very difficult to hold down a steady job, couldn't be a fisherman, couldn't actually do things that required you to stand on your legs. During vacation Bible school, we, we were you know, very intentional about helping our children understand that today's time, people who can't walk, we have wheelchairs, and they can get around because they can you know, use their own arms, or they might have an electric chair, or they might even have those huge wheels that can be you know, in our day and time now, and you can even go out on the beach, and you can have a little bit of help, but to actually have someone who hasn't been able to walk since they were born, it would typically require several people to carry that person. The kids carried in. You might have seen a few of them. Uh, Kelly's in the back, and she was one of them that helped us come through without knocking down our gate. And, uh, and so the kids were like, that wasn't hard. And I said, well, what if we had to carry that person all the way to Kroger and back? And they went, oh. I said, what if you had to pick them up and take them to the dentist or, you know, possibly to the pool, uh, wherever you might go swimming to, so they might can have a bath? Would it be a long ways? Yes. Obviously, in today's time and any time, it's very difficult to be crippled and to not have your legs work. And so you can imagine if people were walking by him, sometimes they were tired of seeing him, sometimes, you know, wondered, couldn't you be doing something better with your time? But he would sit by the gate and call out and probably call rather loudly because it's loud going into the gate. People have their animals. People are talking about the spices and the different trades that they might be, you know, having happen in the city and so he might be shouting out loud. Sometimes you see him, sometimes you don't. 
It's even possible that Jesus could have used that gate and passed right by him. The scriptures doesn't tell us that, but it's potentially a reality. But he yells out wanting some money, maybe to go get a piece of bread or someone to give, uh, get bread for him by getting money, a piece of fish, something similar to a bagel, something to eat. But when he yells out, when Peter and John, all of a sudden everything's different. Because if you do read in the book of Acts, Peter has changed remarkably from the individual that denied Christ before he died, that was ashamed to even know Jesus. But Jesus reunited with Peter and forgave him of that breakfast on the beach. And then he told all the disciples to wait in the upper room. That's read in the second chapter. And as the Holy Spirit fell upon them in the second chapter and they received power from the Holy Spirit, literally the living Christ, the advocate, having ascended and fallen onto them, their lives were dramatically different than before. And it's in that chapter where we learn how Peter then boldly stands up, the man who denies him and and starts reciting everything that Jesus has claimed to be and has done and what they have witnessed with their own eyes. And it says, on that day of Pentecost, 3,000 began to believe that Jesus truly was the Messiah. It doesn't give us a time period of how long uh, between that event happened and between Peter and John then walking and seeing this man and hearing him. And they stop. And we just read, it says, look at us. Because probably there wasn't a lot of eye contact because he didn't want people sneering at him. So he would just raise his hand very highly and shout, Shalom, have mercy. Shalom. Have mercy. And then he might get a coin or two put in his hand. But Peter and John wanted them, wanted him to look in their eyes. And when he did, they said the words, silver and gold we do not have, but what we do have we give to you. In the name of Jesus, walk so much more powerful and rich than a coin that they might be carrying in a pouch in their robe. But imagine... If you had seen a man all of your days, he couldn't be able to walk. The reaction that was happening in the crowd as he stood up and his legs had strength. And he starts shouting and praising and people are like amazed and overwhelmed and wondering what in the world is going on. They've, they've seen him you know, slide his legs around. They've seen him carried day after day, month after month. And they actually see then this man standing, a true miracle happening. And so a commotion starts happening. I mean, people from over in a distance are looking from the left and looking from the right and saying, what's going on over there? And maybe they know the beggar's name. They, maybe they, they know that lame man. And they said, he's, he's standing up. And they're like, oh, no, 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 you must be mistaken. His legs don't work. And they're like, no, literally, he's standing up. And so then they start shouting out of, out of praise and adoration of what is happening. And the noise level is getting louder and louder. And so the crowd starts coming around, wanting to see with their own eyes. You can imagine, just as Jesus came into the city and people were climbing a tree to see him or trying to part the ways where short people like me trying to see through the crowd or asking someone to lift them up. What is going on? I must see this myself. I think I can't believe it unless I see it for myself. The scripture says, as we were to go on and read more of that chapter, it says that more than 500 people came around. 
as they gathered in tight trying to see. I want to see this with my own eyes. It's as though something extraordinarily were happening in, in Richmond Hill. We had a celebrity coming. We had something, you know, someone uh, who everyone wanted to look at themselves. They would start making their way. Hey, I don't want to miss this. Something so powerful that it was attracting others. And there was no Facebook. There was no Instagram alert needed. It was like it was just, you know, being spread mouth by mouth. As it got louder, and as you can imagine, some of you saw me dancing because we were doing that with Vacation Bible School. We talked about how amazing that was, and so we asked the children if they would um, break out their best move and dance. And so there were all kinds of moves that I couldn't do. But it was a fun-filled moment to help them grasp that particular event that was happening. The rest of the chapter is about Peter, when he sees the crowd, begin to boldly speak and to not take credit for that miracle. They wanted to boldly speak of Jesus being the one that performed the miracle through them. To boldly speak of everything that people were uh, hearing about Jesus in the regarding of him being the Messiah, him being the true one, to bring salvation to the Jews and not just to the Jews. He, as he shared that then, uh, of repent of your sins, receive the Holy Spirit, be refreshed that the Messiah has come, forgiveness of sins is available now, reassurance that God has not forgotten us, he is with us and he shall be with us to the end. As he preached that message, he was given a warning to stop. But boldly he did not stop. As he was even threatened and John was threatened for their life. And as they instructed others to go to their home churches and not into the temple, it was still their tradition to go into the temple at 3 o'clock during the day to pray. And so they did that among the Jews, those who were believing or not, but they went to the temple when they realized it wasn't just that the Messiah was at the temple, that they would have home church, house church, as though it's happening this past year and continues to happen, as people would gather in homes. And they didn't pray that this opposition would stop. They just said, make us bold that we might speak truth, no matter what the outcome. Give us courage, give us strength, give us vision. That was their prayer. No matter what was happening, may we continue to share the message of Jesus. And may we not take credit when God uses us to do something miraculous, uses us to transform something that looks hopeless and offer hope and offer it to be completely different than what it looks like with our naked eyes. Help us to see things the way God sees it through spiritual lens. And so I wonder, I wonder as we read this uh, chapter, uh, as this, un this event unfolds, and we're talking about it today, the question comes to my own mind is, how bold are we in 2021? How bold is the church being about sharing the message of Jesus? I told you it was a God moment for me as I saw people standing in the rain. And it was. Because some people go, you know, I didn't sign up for that. I'm not coming back tomorrow. 
But as I saw volunteers come who weren't getting paid a dime, maybe a pretzel rod, they weren't getting anything to take home and put in their bank. They weren't getting a paid vacation, you know, down in Sanibel. Now, if anybody has one, please share. No, I digress. We were not getting volunteers to sign it because they were getting some type of value the world calls valuable. People were volunteering because of their faith in Christ and a deep desire that children might hear and learn and have that in their own life. And so it was a God moment for me, and it was a God moment for me when children would respond to it and want to know more. I asked the question again, how do you see the church, both our church in Richmond Hill, but the church universal around the world being bold, sharing the message that Jesus has come to transform the whole world. And not just the whole world, but us individually. And as we close out this morning this message, this is what I, I, I'm going to ask you to do. In front of you, hopefully very closely in front of you, you can see a, a piece of paper. It's got a prayer request on it. Uh, uh, written on the top of it in a pencil. If you will reach up and grab a pencil and, uh, and one of those pieces of papers. And I am going to invite you to just actually write out a sentence or two sentences of a bold prayer for the church, for our community, and how might we share the message of Jesus. And as our song begins to close us out for, uh, for this morning's worship time. If you would just carefully uh, slip outside and move uh, towards the front here and uh, right in front of our gold cross and just offer your prayer there. It doesn't have to be written out long, but it's what is something that you might boldly pray, that you might boldly envision for our community and beyond our community to learn about Jesus. Some of you are doing it even as we speak, but I'll give us uh, just really a moment, uh, a minute, to write it out. I'm going to close this in prayer, and Jeannie's going to come and lead us in our final hymn called Go Make of All Disciples. And if you would just slip out and lay it here at the cross. And those of us have, uh, who are joining us online, if you would do that through an email or drop it in the mail uh, with a stamp on it or send it just drop it by the office I would love to share that with our whole staff and join in this bold prayer that you've been praying because we would love to see and to hear a prayer from everyone in the church and who hears this message this morning that we might boldly pray together how others can be transformed by the message of Jesus Let's pray together. Gracious God, 
Some of us do have gold and silver that we give. As it is given to us, we share. Some of us have more than gold and silver. In fact, all of us have been the recipients of your grace and your forgiveness and your showers of love and mercy and your provision. And Father, as we have received that, help us be bold to give that to others. Help us be bold in that which we have to share with someone that a life might be changed. And not just changed for the day, but changed for eternity. Oh God, help us be courageous and bold for Jesus. Amen and amen.